Hi, I'm Anthony Mindel. Welcome to In the Moment, a podcast on acting, art, and life. In this series, I'm talking to AMAW alumni, students, and clients about the challenges of acting and the joys of creating in the 21st century. For more information, go to anthonymindel.com, or you can also find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. I hope you enjoy. In today's episode, Tony talks to Heather Donahue, most well known for her role as Lindsay Gillian in FX's You're the Worst. Heather talks about how, as her success grew, she realized how important it is to prioritize self-care. She also discusses how body positivity is more than the superficial, promoting diversity and representation that reflects more than just a small portion of society. You are going to love this enlightening and yet funny episode. <laughs> Did you hear that? Ladies and gentlemen, that I'm was a great. <laughs> Welcome to In the Moment. I'm Anthony, and my guest today is Heather Donahue. Yo! Ryan is with Heather. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you heard was her opening up a. That's it's, just kombucha. It's a drink with CBD. Oh, okay. But our, our our production engineer, Jen, I just made her a Bloody Mary. So this is going to be, I'm actually just having water. It's a little too early for me. Although it's happy hour somewhere, I like to say. This is our happy hour. Yes. Have you ever, perfect segue, have you ever drunk on the job? No. 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 Never. No. No. You know, sometimes people like, every now and then have to take a shot to like. But I will say, um. When I was living in New York doing like off, 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 way off, off Broadway. In, yeah, in New Jersey, that's how far <laughs> off it was. Um, I, before every show, and this is when I didn't know kombucha had a little alcohol. Oh, okay. Yeah. I would ob- obsessively drink like five kombucha, <laughs> bottles of kombucha. Because I'm like some of the, like before something, I get a little, um, I'm a, like an adrenaline fiend. Um, and I, then I realized it had alcohol and I was like, fuck, I've been kind of drunk in every performance but it's working out so that's why you're so good (laughs) the better booch better booch oh my god so um our listeners probably are fans of yours or know you from you're the worst on fx but it's been five seasons now five Five, seasons we literally just finished season five and and now it's going the way of shows go yeah, we. Uh, I mean, what TV was, show heaven. Yeah, yep. what was really nice though is that you know, a lot. You know, unfortunately, you could wake up one day and you know read in the news, oh, the show is canceled as you're filming it. You know what I mean? We had the best for TV show heaven. I think we had the best case scenario. Uh-huh. FX was very classy and gave us a heads up a year in advance oh, wow. and okay, said yeah. next year season five is your last season. Um, they gave Stephen Falk, our showrunner, um, the respect of saying, hey, you know, finish this the way you want to. And the show on your own terms creatively. Oh, so it was it was the best way to go. For sure. You, you also I mean? get some closure, right? Because as we yeah. as we live with a group of people and the characters that we play, you, you have connections. It's, there's a grieving, of course, that occurs. But also, like, at least you get to sort of find a way to tie things up. I, I just thought of, I hadn't thought about this forever. I was doing a show, this is when I was in New York, it was off-Broadway, yeah. and it was a show that they were expecting was going to be a huge hit, and I had left one show to go do this other show called Queens Boulevard. Mm. It was at the, oh my God, it was uh, in the West Village, I can't remember the playhouse right now, it will come to me. But yeah. anyway, we got through like 
two weeks of previews, and yeah. then we open, and the reviews were stinkola. Oh, God. And I, but we thought because we had like a lot of great word of mouth that we right. were going to run, and then I'll never forget, I showed up. You know, at half hour call one night, and we got our notice, the Actors Equity notice, like, this is your, your show is closing at the end of, you know, Sunday's matinee performance. It was like, oh, God. Just such a, like, visceral gut-wrenching. It is. But, like, but it's like, I'm not, it's kind of good when that, like, what you, your experience of that, I think it's good when that stuff happens because in that scenario it seems like people may have been a little on their high horse and like thinking you know, it's like you could no, I think it's a great lesson of you never never know you know what I mean, like I think the great one of the great things of my experience on the five years of the show is like every step of the way we were all as a cast so grateful when we never you know like when we did the pilot we were just happy we're doing the pilot and then when we got season one season two we never expected anything to like continue and so when people were like oh are you sad it's canceled it's like honestly I'm just happy I did a pilot five years ago you know what I mean like it kept I'm happy it kept going and uh, I had like income for five years that's right you had more than one line (laughs) right like I think it's a good lesson to like appreciate the small things that's true that aren't small that's true that's a that's a challenge in the business, I think, sometimes, right? Because yeah. it's when we have any kind of success and it's sort of magnified because of the media and yeah. and like the the buzz around something, yeah. if we're not grounded, it can kind of go to your head and like yeah. you think you're the bee's knees, even if somebody's never even heard of the show before. Yeah. Like in our own autonomous universe, it's like I'm the star. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, it's tricky. Yeah. But you're really grounded and like... Well, I don't think I'm grounded as a person. Like, like I'm... No, I mean, like, I'm humble, but man, yeah. I am... Oh. I mean, you mean, I... Uh, you take the word grounded like you're you're like all over the place. I'm but very you're a real, real, real... But in terms of the... You're a real person though, Kather. You're not like no, a no, diva I, and like... No, 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 I... Thanks. Tell, let's tell the audience like how we met because we, we met right... I mean, I remember out... Well, we met in New York, but I remember... Uh, for the pilot episode of the show, because yeah. in our old space, I yes. remember running it with you, and yes. I'm like, you're going to be fine, this is really funny. So just... I approached you when I got but what, the pilot. Yeah, but but was that what we worked on in New York, or was that like a Broadway show you were going in for? No, that was the That was pilot. going in so for I, the audition. I, no, it, it wasn't. Yeah, no, 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 I got cast. I got cast in You're the Worst Pilot, and I freaked out because... Anytime I book a job, I get so paranoid and scared that I'm just going to ruin it okay. and that I'm horrible and that I suck and that I'm just the worst of the worst. Um, yeah. <laughs> love, a, love a corny pun. Um, and so I, don't, I forget how I found you. Like I think I, it was your agent at that time or your manager who you had said. No, no, no. I like. You Googled? You I randomly. No. No. I just, came across. No, it wasn't. A, no, my manager. It wasn't through that. Like, I sought you out. Okay. Because I liked what I saw. Aww. <laughs> <Stalker>. <laughs> I liked but, what I saw. But tell the audience the creepy... Oh, yeah. So... Because we were laughing No, but I remember I wrote you a very 
long, passionate email. Like, I would be oh, honored that's right. if you coached me. No, I think because <laughs> I, I saw that you I was coached like, Shailene that's Woodley. Right. And, like, you know, I thought you were so, like, oh, my God, if he, like, he's never going to read my email, and how do I get to him? Like, I think I called. I send it to my minions No, I called, I called, like, the studio and talked to your assistant. I'm like, please forward him this email. I was like, like who is this like, crazy chick, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I sent you a very, like, passionate email, like, convincing you why you should coach I'm me. I'm like, oh god, <laughs> I'm going to charge her top dollar. Yeah. I'm like, not sure what I'm getting into. But I was in New York coach, I was in New York teaching at her school there. Yeah. And so it just so happened. And you were at a hotel. I was staying at a hotel. <laughs> I mean, as one, but that's not, that's, as one does. <laughs> like, where else are you going to stay? Like, True. <laughs> But as one does, not anymore, thank God. But you were like, I'll just come up to your hotel room and like... Yeah, yeah. And then you called out the elephant in the room. Because like, obviously, for basic logistical purposes, you have to text someone where you're going. Yes. But as you're texting, you're like, uh, this kind of sounds creepy telling you to come to room 403. Uh, But this is... I mean, you have to tell me where to go. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't like it was staying in like a posh hotel. I think I was staying in like La Quinta <laughs> yes, Inn. Like, it was like a comfort <laughs> inn. Yes. Like, comfort inn at yeah, 365 yeah, yeah. West 34th like, Street. It was very midtown. <laughs> <laughs> it was very midtown. Oh my God. Yeah, you were like, <laughs> what the heck? Acting no, and then I was like, why was I so afraid to send him that email? <laughs> <laughs> nice twin beds yeah. you've got here, Tony. <laughs> Yes, that was hilarious. Nice uh, bed bugs. Oh my god! But yeah, I remember that. And then I and cried. Then, I, that's right. I like. I had just broken up with an eight-year boyfriend. We were engaged because that's. I think that's part of what was so scary. Because I, you know, I look at my life in chapters. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and when I booked the pilot of your other words. That was a whole chapter. I had just broken up with a boyfriend I was with for eight years. Whoa. I was, um, uh, you know, in a professional relationship with with a manager for ten years, and that yeah. you know those ended. You know, things yeah. people go their separate. Like there were a lot of things that ended in my life, and this uh, had began. But I was so scared. Because I think I attached any sort of creativity and per- and success with the people in my life that I had broken up with. So I didn't know if I could do something on my own or like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, but that's part of it. It's like, because anytime I see you, we have a significant catch up of not just the work, but what's going on in, you say, what's going on in your life? And like, um... Yeah, that's interesting. Well, that's always it, right? It's always informing us. And it is like what I'm trying to get actors to understand is our lives, period, is the artistry. That's the work. You know what I mean? That you can't cellularly separate yourself, you know? And then I think you do realize that even more when something is going well in the work. Because, uh, yeah. like, when you're the worst in Greece, when, when it was having a lot of success, I think that's when I had the most intimate moments with myself, feeling that whole, like, wow, the things that really matter are, like, personal, um, thing, I mean, it sounds so corny, but things that money can't buy, no, that's and, not like, corny like at, at the Kevin. end, at the end of a long day, you, you want to go home and look in the mirror and feel good about who you are, and who you love, and who you're sharing 
your life with, whether it's your friends or your family or your, yeah. you know, significant other. You know, it was uh, Justine Bateman. You're too young to maybe, you remember Family Ties. I yeah. think Justine Bateman is Jason Bateman's sister. I think they're... Oh, really? Yeah, I do think they're related. Oh, I love hearing about, like, uh, like when you find siblings. a new sibling. I like, think so. I'll have to Google that, but... Sibling celeb. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that but, should be, like, an Instagram you know, account. she was like... I'm sure there is. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but <laughs> she has me. a new book out about fame and about how unnatural and weird and unhealthy it is. And I guess my point is, is... It's, it's an interesting dynamic in this business about fame is a byproduct of us just wanting to do work and create and express ourselves. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody signs up for, I mean, you know, listen, when we're young, we think about ourselves in terms of when I become famous, X, Y, Z is going to happen. Mm -hmm. But as you mature, you realize like, oh, that's not the reason why I really want to do it. If you're healthy, you know what I of mean? Of course, but, yeah. But I think that the sad uh, sorry, I, I felt like this was kind of what we were going with is like, well, yeah, like you just said of like, really the reason why we want to do these things is for ourselves. Yeah. But the money, fine. It's great that you're getting paid for the thing that you want to be doing, but yeah. that thing isn't really bringing you the joy. Right. You know what I mean? But it's, and then I think so, that like, there were moments when I felt, um, where I questioned, uh, wait, what? Why am I doing... Because I went through major depressive episodes uh -huh, where, like, um, uh, I understand... Basically, I'm saying I understand how people become miserable and just don't want to do it anymore. Because, because... I mean, everyone's scenario is different, um, but, like, when things are so busy to a point where, and, like, you feel like you're being... Oh my god, sorry. I'm getting that presidential alert. Oh. Have you heard about that? <gasps> oh yes! Oh god! Ew! This is a test Ew. of the National Wireless Emergency Alert System. No action Ew, is needed. Okay. Thank god. Ew. <laughs> it's... We all probably just got one. Oh my god. Lord Jesus. It's just... Sorry, Kevin. You were yeah. making a really dramatic point. Talk, talk about a trigger, right? Like, talk about actually, he, he's right on. He he's, right he on knows you. my number. <laughs> he's right on time. Yes. He knew, oh my he god. He to enter. <laughs> he's like, oh, we're talking about a triggering trauma. Let me uh, let me send you a text. Exactly. Talk about triggering depression, right? <laughs> yeah. Like Jesus. Um. So go ahead. Sorry. But yeah, I mean, I think. But why did you... I'm not so articulate about this. No, but so, moment. you know, Kether, I just talked to... I don't know if you know Chad Buchanan. He was my guest last week. And um, we were talking about when you get... Especially for actors, because we put so much pressure in getting the job or being well-known or the ancillary things that come with starting to get to work or being on a show or doing a high-profile project. But then once you start working regularly, you realize like, oh... That actually, I was putting all my happiness in that basket, and that basket is now full, but I'm not full. Mm -hmm. So those things, so then depression can, and he was really talking honestly about really struggling with that. Yes. And that, that the thing doesn't make us happy. It's very true. You know what I mean? And also what is happiness too, because I think we also get depressed because we seem to think that everybody seems so happy all the time. Yeah. And happiness is... Again, I think happiness is an ex external. Um, I think it's really. I don't even like the word. Yeah, happy. that's what I'm. That's what I was the trying to say. The word happy actually.
actually makes me kind of well angry. superficial. Yeah, it's it's not it's kind of putting a band-aid on the deeper to me yeah. it's about peace and joy. joy. I'm I'm more yeah. partial to those words. But you so you were saying like you went through a period where you just could see how you were kind of done or with the business or where you were Tell no, I was still in the business. It was just like there was a period where, like, when you're the worst, was you know doing very well, and then I think I was promoting you're the worst and Greece at the same time, and and it's like that. What's crazy to me is when I think of that. Uh, there's other people out there clearly that are more busy and in bigger projects that are even more successful. So I'm I was. Feeling like, oh shit, if I'm feeling this way, I can't even imagine, mm. like, you know, when Selena Gomez says she went to rehab, right. like, I guess I went through an experience where I was like, well, pff, if I'm even feeling this way now, and I'm just in, like, these two projects that, like, sure, people know about, yeah. but it's not like I'm in, you know, uh, I don't know, a Marvel movie or something. Right, right, right. It, it, it became clear to me how easy someone could be just become unhinged and um but yeah I think for me it was just like there was no balance it was uh -huh. just like waking up at 4 30 in the morning and then hair and makeup comes over and you, know, you have to go to a talk show and be funny and like make people be laugh on. and then you go to rehearsal for nine hours and you're you're on and exerting all this energy and then in the meantime you're fitting in a, a fitting for something the next day and mm. that like there was so but then I just felt very pulled in different directions pleasing people pleasing and I had nothing left for myself mm -hmm. and also just in terms of intimate relationships mm -hmm. in my life I didn't feel like those were being fostered because mm -hmm. there was no time mm -hmm. I just I didn't know how to I just didn't know what to do and then just psychologically like there were stuff like childhood stuff that just was re-triggered that I didn't like it was just a can of worms that was gonna be opened at some point Whoa. it was just a matter of when um and so I was actually going to therapy so like on a typical day if I wake up at 4 30 doing promotion going to rehearsal nine hours doing fitting blah blah, blah. I was going to therapy at 10 at night Whoa. afterwards okay well, so then I would like go to but like Trying to figure I it out. I knew I needed therapy so badly. Yeah. And when I, I found someone I liked, she's like, well, when are you available? And I was like, uh, we're, we're going to have to do therapy at 10 at night because that's the only time of the day I could do it. Whoa. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, I just had that moment where I'm like, wait, I worked my whole life and so hard to be working as an actor. So I... Oh, then, then it was like guilt for not feeling huh. yeah. grateful yeah, yeah, that yeah. I'm, you know what I mean? Then yeah, yeah, yeah. that's another pile Look at all on these the equation. You're like, I don't, have a, I don't yeah. have a right to even be complain right. about this. Mm -hmm. So then I, I just started questioning, not like I'm sa I was saying, I'm going to leave the business. It wasn't like that. I just had a, a soul searching moment where I'm like, seriously, why am I want to know why I'm continuing to do this. And if I'm going to continue doing this, something needs to, to change. Something's got to give. And so what, what changed or what? Um, I mean, it's ever like, and also because sometimes when I read and hear interviews and things about depression and people going through stuff, I don't want to um, perpetuate this narrative that 
that was my depressed time, and now I have it all mm-hmm. figured. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm still figuring it out today. That's right. So, um, but I think what changed is putting a priority. It is a priority for me now to just feel. I think it's like an integrity of putting my self-care first. first. Like, and, and then that's really hard. Um, but it's like, like for example, the other day, and I, I texted you because I had a self-tape audition. Oh my God, the ever-dreaded self-tape. It's like, get a self-tape tomorrow. Here's 10 pages of size. Exactly. Um, I think the old me would have felt so, the people-pleasing part of me would have um, not disregarded my self-care because of the tape. I'm sure the tape was the priority because also you have to hustle and still like do that. But um, for an example, just I I knew, I didn't want to, I called my agent and I said, is there any way, it was due at like 4 p.m. and I was filming and working really hard on it and I didn't feel that I got the take that I wanted and I just called my agent. I'm like, I understand if the deadline is like 4 4 p.m. and I respect that and I'll submit something if that's what it is, but is there any way we could submit it tomorrow? Because I feel that I would do better work if I had more time. And I got an extension. So it's little things like that of like having enough self-respect that I could ask, at least ask, Yes. Not expect well, an extension in, in like no, 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 a no, of course. You're not entitled to way, one. But, but we forget yeah. to ask what we sort of deserve. And I'm yeah. so happy I did yeah, because yeah, yeah. I was working on that self-tape for a long, for all night well, until s- I got the take I wanted. Yeah, you self-cared, plus you probably did a better job, plus you delivered the thing that and you were proud joyful. of. And it was joyful. That's right. When but, I got the take that I wanted, that reminded me why I'm doing this. Like, That's during right. the self-tape, the misery of the self-tape, of course, and then I'm like, why am I doing... And then when I got the take <laughs> that I liked, there's nothing that could explain that feeling, and if you're an actor, you know well, that feeling. The feeling you get when you do a great job and you you were inspired to, like... Something happened in the scene that was that was surprising and spontaneous and you surprised yourself and it just worked and there was a harmony and rhythm. Yeah, and then I was like, wow, even if I never booked this job, I just had so much fun tonight doing this self-tape. Well, I mean, I was going to say, Heather, the thing is, for me, that's interesting is that actors often are on the uh, receiving end of a business that is so driven by the fear of things that the actors more so than anybody mm-hmm. else often feel mm-hmm. this obligation and pressure to do something even if they don't want to. Yeah. So it could be even material they don't even fucking want to do. Like, especially for women, you know, I don't want to do torture porn number 88. And then the, <laughs> then the director's like, or the, the, the you know, the, the, the reps are like, but, but, but this is a really important director, but you, the, your own integrity is like, but I don't want to. Or in this case, feeling like you have to drop everything to do this you know, not really honoring kind of where we're at in the process. I have an actress, actually, I have to invite her to do a podcast because she's on a series now. And I remember a turning point for her, this was a couple years ago, she was testing for a number of things and she was, 
she was so, it's like pilot season for everybody. So frazzled. It's not healthy. It's not normal. It's not normal. And she finally, she was being called into, she was going to be called in straight to producers for something. And she had like 20 pages and she's like, you know what? And I bet she got it, like, the day before. Yeah, she got, like, yeah, two hours before. But the thing is, is I think I was just telling her, it's okay to say no. So she said no. And because, of course, they were all like, if you don't go in right now, it's not ever going to happen. She said no. A week later, they called her and was like, can you come in now? And it was like when... I the audience could see my body. (laughs) (laughs) You're leaning back. Yeah. I'm like... I think we just, I think as actors and as creators, and I think in the business itself, I know it's, it's, I, there is something to be said about decisions are made very quickly and I'm not advocating that you should blow things off because yes, you got to hustle and you got to do your work. But sometimes if you're doing four auditions and then they're calling in a fifth audition that day and you're sort of like, I don't want to do torture porn 87, it's okay to say no. We've, we, and if you're in alignment with yourself, your instincts it's the, are going to show up. It's the desperateness about... Yeah. And I also think it doesn't give us the, the opportunity to just figure out, well, what do I want? What, is, what works for yes, me? Yeah, and I think what? when you asked the depressive episode, when I was at the most depressed... It was because I didn't even know what I want. Yeah, I, that's I, exactly I was like, yeah. I don't even know... What, I don't well, even know what cup of coffee I want. Like, I don't know also, anything. I think young actors especially, I can only speak for myself when I was that age, we're told that this is what you want. We're told that yeah. this is what you should be doing. But, but not everybody has that trajectory. Some people want to be doing Shakespeare and finding a way to parlay yeah. that into something that's meaningful. Or some yeah. people want to do a one-woman show. Or, you know, I think it's just... I, what I think is exciting, I was writing something this morning, is I do think we're starting to live in a time now where I'm trying to advocate for artists that you can go traditional. You've got a great agent. You've got a great manager. And you can keep going out for things that you have great opportunities for. But you also can be doing things that you want to do because there's platforms for storytelling that is available for people now that wasn't available 10 years ago. Yeah. And I think that's going to continue to change. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can also become the showrunner of your own project. Oh, uh, yeah. So I think that's really exciting. And then you start to have more power. Yeah. And I think it's about winning back our power. Exactly. Um, let me let me switch gears for one thing. And, and uh, how is it being a woman who is not a size one or is not, and I mean that because you're beautiful and amazing in the body that you're in, but, and if you feel comfortable about talking about this, because I think it's a real challenge of like, what has been that journey for you of not looking like a supermodel? Yeah. Wait, you don't think I look like a supermodel? (laughs) (laughs) No, but you get what I'm saying. I, of course. You know what I mean? You're beautiful, but I'm just like, it's like, Models who are plus sizes, or how do you navigate through something where the industry is like you have to be a lollipop? Well, girl. so the story you just told about the actress who said no, uh, pilot season, and then a week later gets a call of, Can you do this? So, similar to that, because it all boils down to the seedling of the idea that you're conveying, which is if you're kind of just true to yourself, to yourself. the universe reflects it back and rewards you in ways. So I can actually honestly say, and this is something I feel very proud of, um, that any weight difference that I have in comparison to uh, 
my peers has actually been, um, uh, I, I've never felt like it's been an issue. I feel like it's actually oh, awesome. been um, a blessing. And, and also one of the coolest things like about You're the Worst is that so many women will write to me and say like, thank you for like, I, I feel really good about my body after watching the show because Lindsay, it, I think it's important the to show. Yeah. yeah. I think it's important. The Refinery29 has been called 67% project about how 67% of women are plus size, but I think some very small number, like under 10% or something, only that's what's reflected in media mm. of mm-hmm. plus size women. Mm-hmm. And that's, wrong yeah and so when you see a an actor that's bigger than a size six on tv having sex enjoying herself (laughs) being in her femininity and also just the wardrobe designer of you're the worst you know i think for example a lot of costume designers if you if they see that you're over size six they'll they'll dress you like a fat girl they'll Uh dress you like a big you know like oh let's Let's hide. Let's just put her in like a blobby, like a cloak. (laughs) But on here, the worst. My the girls are out to play. Like I'm wearing belts, like accentuating my cinches. Yeah, like there's. It's and that's that is powerful for women because um, and it's just cool because when I booked here, the worst, she was actually called Fat Lindsay in the script. Whoa. Uh Um. But then when the pilot aired thank god for the internet right the a lot of people on twitter were like in what world is this girl fat why is she fat Lindsay?" and then it was taken out and not i i think steven was gonna take fat Lindsay out anyway i don't think he it was because he was influenced by what was being said but what was cool was um i just think it's a stereotype of like the fat uh, funny Mm -hmm. friend Mm -hmm. sidekick Mm -hmm. and what's been really cool about playing Lindsay is that she's a supporting character who's not defined by her weight I've been able to fluctuate weight throughout five seasons without the network or producers telling me anything about it her personhood is not defined by her size that's amazing and um yeah, and there's so many reasons why people fluctuate weight, and I think that's something in and of itself that needs to be explored. And I've gotten very into lately the body positivity movement, but not in a superficial way. Like, I think body positivity is whitewashed mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. It was actually started by fat queer women of color fighting for the rights of all bodies to exist. So there's some really deep roots of the body positivity movement Mm -hmm. and actually about how fat is actually not unhealthy. I think it's actually a misconception that fat being correlated to fat being correlated to health is very common. Uh People absolute concern. Oh, is she healthy? Actually, um, female fat is not unhealthy. Right. It's unhealthy to, obsess about it and then the amount of eating disorders that we're dealing with that's the public health issue yeah 
Yeah, so there's, I actually have a lot that I feel about that. I just watched Jane Fonda's documentary. It's so oh, great on HBO. I love her book. Oh my gosh. I read she's, her autobiography. It's, it's so amazing, Jane Fonda in five acts, but she talks about a big phase when... Eating you know, disorder. She had... She was bulimic. Like, she was bulimic. Yeah. And, and that was through her activism mm-hmm. phase. And she's like, she was surviving yeah. on like a carrot and like yeah. And lots. she was doing the workout videos oh to my raise gosh. money. I know. But it's so it's so interesting our our own collective dysmorphic body disorder syndrome that yeah. is perpetuated by the business. Maybe it's changing like other things, but but I think you know you're really also, inspiring. I do think it's important to say, and I don't think enough people talk about this aspect of body image, and it's something that I want to talk more about. Um, survival survivors of sexual abuse mm. are actually um, very prone to developing eating disorders and having body image issues because they're either trying to protect Mm -hmm. themselves to not feel the vulnerability they felt at the time of abuse or they're trying to just be perfect to maintain a sense of control be perfect and how the media plays into that if you're if all you're seeing is these these images of what's beautiful is this skinny woman that's being recycled and perpetuated. And so I think the more images of women's bodies you have, an eclectic, you know, diverse uh, imagery, the more healthy it is for uh, people who consume media. So it's actually very important. I'm glad that you're addressing this. And I think it's a really powerful thing to share with our listeners. Because I'm sure that's something that only people, you know, that's something that to me makes total sense, but I think a lot of people don't connect those dots. Yeah. You know what I no, mean? No, and I remember yeah. there were some auditions I went on where, cause this is also the other thing, the kinds of roles that I often get called in for are roles that on the page it is like, I, I'm, I'll go in for the bitchy girl, right. the, the snobby girl at in high school like those were like the roles I would go out for a lot so I was always in the waiting room with model looking girls and and I knew that I I I knew I wasn't going to get the role based off of appearance because if if that's what I was up against then I, I, I didn't have a shot so I knew I had to dig from somewhere else to be funny I was like I'm only gonna get this role or these roles whatever I was auditioning for if I do something funny, I just need to make them laugh. And so I think that was a blessing too of not relying on appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I did feel a nice satisfaction whenever I would get one of those kinds of roles that was written for like a modely looking girl. I knew I, when I got it, I was like, I felt good about that. And there was an integrity of like, I know I got that because I, you know... I You're, tried to do something funny and... Or maybe you just were being who you are. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, Not trying to do I, And I think that's cool and I think it's important to have, to have roles written for women that are not in those boxes yeah. of like the fat... Fat and funny versus skinny and beautiful, but yeah. oh, the skinny, beautiful girl doesn't get jokes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. yeah that's a, mm, that would be a whole other podcast we could talk about. <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay, oh, you're so inspiring. <laughs> this is like Let, Super Soul Wednesday. I, <laughs> maybe we should subtitle it in a moment. Super Soul. Wisdom Wednesdays. Wisdom Wednesdays. Wisdom Wednesdays. Hashtag, hashtag Wisdom Wednesdays. <laughs> so I like to end, gather with our like speed round. It's kind of what Oprah does, actually. She peppers off some questions. Or like end. inside the actor's studio. Oh, yeah. Okay. Your, yeah. Your yes. favorite word on that. Yes. So, Ooh. yeah, just, um, who's your celebrity crush? Ah! Oh, that guy who was, fuck, Aaron Johnson, was that his name? Yeah, wait, who is that? He's so sexy. We're gonna have to um, Google him. He What's was in a question? superhero movie. I think I know, I could, blonde, right? Is he blonde? No. Okay, never fuck. mind. Yeah, he really Okay, Aaron Johnson, going. we'll look I, him up. That's even his name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's one thing you can't do without? Uh, kombucha. Kombucha, as she is drinking two of them in front of me. What's your favorite film of all time? Oh, I know, uh, it's terrible. Fuck, I really love Forrest Gump. Aww. I really do. Got it. But this is speed right? If I, I know, thought speed, more about no, it, I might have said something I know, something it's good. Else, this is why I just like But no. this is just what's coming If out. you weren't an actor, what would you be? Um, a neuroscientist. Whoa. Okay, Miss Brainiac. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, just the thing just, to say. No, I just... Please. I just want the lab coat. <laughs> <laughs> Weird science. Um, if you were on an island, what's the one thing you could, like, you would have to have with you? Kombucha. Um, music. Somebody else said that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you describe acting? I think Chad said that. Somebody said that recently. Oh. How would you describe acting in one word? Ephemeral. Oh, beautiful. I love that. I talk about that a lot. It's very difficult. Ephemeral is my favorite word. I love that word. It's the ephemera of things. And I always talk about, this is what to me is so challenging about teaching actors and talking about acting is that we're trying to take the transcendental and winnow it down into concepts and words and definitions and theories. It's not really... You can't really do it. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting point. What's what's something that you learned from the studio or working with us or me with the studio? Because you were to York. embrace the ephemeral, but also what and it's it's it apl- like I, I keep talking about this self tape because it's the most recent thing that mm-hmm. just happened yesterday. It applies to everything. Um, what's happening? in between the lines and that's right just paying attention to appreciating the I mean it's so basic what I'm saying but that's it's I think people don't give basic stuff enough credit that's right. like just literally a mo- oh oh when we did a coaching session yeah. a few weeks ago you coached yeah. me on um, a pilot presentation that I was doing and it so similar to what you said, what did you learn in the studio, you did in the coaching session, just move. Like, I was t- being too precious with taking in the lines right. and the words yes. and, like, conveying every moment. And you were like... Just you say were it like, faster, you were, honey you were child. Like, you are like, let's just do the scene again and have it this time. Don't... It just don't matter even if the, if the line doesn't stick or it didn't... Can just just say the line faster, okay? But like, just move. Like, there, there was so much. Like, and the scene ended up being. We felt it. Yeah, it was. Of course, popping. it was magic. Yeah, it was like just move. That's right. So just just get out of there. Just move. move. Just move. Just 
Boom. <laughs> That's a metaphor for many things. Yeah. And the last question. <laughs> how would I you, don't want it to be over. I know, I know. You're... You're str- just like, move it. It's like no, Heather. <laughs> we just gotta move. I have another podcaster waiting, I think. Oh, Tell no. me, how would you define <laughs> love? Ooh, what? Did you ask everyone the same question? I do, I always end oh with that. Oh my god. No, taking out the big guns. Alright, hold on. I might need a minute before I answer this. No, but it's speed. I have to just. Well, whatever. You could take a moment how do and I breathe. define love? Yeah. What's love oh mean to you? God. I don't think you could have love without connection. And it's not about, and connection can be to anything, connection relations with yourself, with others. So I think love is about something bigger than just you and feeding that and watering that. Mm -hmm. And... Love is literally why we're alive. And I think it's... Um, yeah, that nourishment. God. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... Um, yeah. Man, but how I define... I mean... You'll be driving home, you'll be like, I should have said this. Yeah. But the, <laughs> no, that, that's, that's a little a rough draft No, answer. that's a beautiful articulation of it. And I love... I also love people just speaking from where we are. Mm-hmm. I always like to end with love to me is this moment. Mm-hmm. That's my definition of it. Mm. Is that they're moments. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm. And this moment is created out of love. Mm-hmm. And hopefully is being shared with people that also receive the love. Mm-hmm. You know the, I mean? the, when I say connection, yeah, no, it's, it's a giving kind of, and a right. receiving. You can't have love without talking about the share, the transferring of um, beauty Stuff, and like energy. grace yeah, yeah. and like good words. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kevin, where can people find you? Are you, are you on um, social media? I mean, we can plug our social media. In a bar. <laughs> <laughs> Having a brandy on shot. Tinder, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, on AshleyMadison.com. No. <laughs> Hanging off of a tree. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Listeners, you can find her on Instagram. <laughs> I'll just putting up your <laughs> your self profile on Ashley Madison. I'm forever just be selfing audition tapes in my apartment. I'll answer but it now, for you. Miss Heather Donahue, Miss- MS, not MISS. Yes. <laughs> on Twitter. And Instagram, I'm just Kelly Donahue. And you can still catch and her show. D O N O. D O N O. K E T. Yes, K E T H E R D O N O H U E. Yeah. Yes, and you you're, is the show on <laughs> right I now? Start. It's airing right now. Season five. Season five. Will be airing. Oh, has it started yet? Winter. Oh, okay. Of 2019. Okay. Which is great because I can keep saying that I have something a show coming out. out. That's right. <laughs> you better work that. So I'm gonna milk that. Check that out on her. FX. Um, Seasons one through four are on Hulu. Okay. Thanks so much, Heather, for being here. Thank you I for having it. me okay. in this moment of love. Thank you.